It's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talking Ag Lane Nordland, for today's LaneCast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agriculture Conversation here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. The topic of conversation today is protecting private property rights. There's been a proposed Big Sky County National Heritage Area encompassing all of Cascade County, parts of Shoto, and Lewis and Clark Counties in the state of Montana. And there's been large opposition from landowners, farmers, ranchers, realtors, and many other groups in central Montana that are opposed to what they are calling a federal land grab of their private property. So the Montana Stock Growers Association has brought forward significant legislation that is aimed to protect private property rights. They are also joined by other agriculture groups and entities in opposition to the heritage area. When we come back, we'll be joined by Montana Stock Growers board member and Central Montana rancher Dana Darlington and the Natural Resources Director for the Montana Stock Growers, Rayleigh Honeycutt, talking about this significant legislation aimed to protect private property rights and to stop the Big Sky Country National Heritage Area in its tracks. We'll be right back. NCBA is leading the fight for the rights of cattle and beef producers across the nation. From leading the charge to protect the cattle industry from the impacts of COVID-19 and delivering CFAP relief for cattle producers, NCBA is working for you each and every day. NCBA is seeking new opportunities for profitability for cattle producers and protecting you from government overreach. If you're a member, we thank you for your support. If you're not a member, we'd like you to join us. Just call 1-866-BEEF-USA or visit ncba.org to join today. All righty, as we return back to today's conversation on the Lancast Ag Podcast, we are joined by Big Sandy Rancher, the one and only Dana Darlington, and Rayleigh Honeycutt with the Montana Stock Growers Association. They are joining us from Helena, Montana. They just actually were in the state capitol uh, discussing an issue that is important to many central Montana farmers, ranchers, and landowners, and uh, that, of course, is aiming to protect some private property. Uh, there is an issue that has been uh, uh, coming up across central Montana in terms of a national heritage area. Originally proposed in Fergus County, that got shut down and they moved further west. So uh, I, I could rattle on here a little further, but uh, uh, first off, uh, Dana, I'll just start with you. Uh, uh, you're taking time away from the home operation, uh, coming to Helena. How, how are things up at the ranch in central Montana? Well, we got a little snow and we got the heifers done and, and of course, hurry to leave this morning and no water. So, you know, <laughs> typical day. <laughs> well, good good thing your wife was probably there to keep an eye on things, right? Or, or Coulter was probably there keeping an eye on things. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, now really, we got the water yeah. fixed and, and got out of there. So. Well, that that's good to hear. And Rayleigh, how, how's the session been before we jump into the National Heritage Conversation? Session's been great. This week has been fast and furious. Uh, We are headed right to day 45 in the midpoint of next week. And so transmittal is rapidly approaching and bills are coming in left and right. And so this week has definitely been jam-packed for all of our, our organization heading into hearings and multiple hearings and afternoons. Rayleigh, could you explain more maybe between the difference of transmittal and maybe bill deadline as well? 
Sure. So a build deadline, and there are multiple deadlines between a session. Um, the current deadline that we are up against is um, for general bills, which do not have kind of a appropriation tied to them. So that deadline was last week. And what needs to happen before transmittal is for those bills to be heard in their first house, passed out of committee, and also passed out of second and third reading on the floor and headed or transmitted to the second chamber. And so right now that's what's happening. Um, multiple bills are being heard. Uh, most committees are actually doing executive action following those hearings um, to get the bills moving. And then what we will see is there's a few committees meeting Saturday to kind of finalize hearings. And then Monday, Tuesday, most of those bills will be heard on the floor and need to be passed by Wednesday um, to have the bill live on and have a chance to be heard in the second chamber. Well, it just sounds uh, fast and furious there, <laughs> no doubt. And again, uh, we're lucky to have individuals like yourself and the entire Stock Growers team out there uh, working on behalf of uh, cattlemen and women here in the state of Montana. And one of those issues uh, that really has been a grassroots uh, effort uh, coming from concern of landowners and business owners in central Montana in terms of a national heritage area proposal, uh, a House Bill 554 a bill that would require the Montana legislature's approval of a national heritage area or national trail designation in Montana was heard just this afternoon. I know that's where you uh, both just came from. Uh, before we dive into that bill itself, uh, uh, Dana, could you talk more about this national heritage area in the efforts on the grassroots level uh, coming out of Shoto County uh, into Cascade County and all the landowners and ranchers, farmers, just all these groups that are opposing uh, this uh, a possible designation and, and how did it come about? Um, I first heard of this group uh, five years ago and they were originally after uh, half of Lewis and Clark County, all of Cascade County, all of Shoto County, parts of Ferguson, parts of Phillips. Um, thanks to the work of Ross Butcher and a few others, uh, Fergus County and Phillips County shut them down pretty hard so they did not want to be part of this designated area. And uh, I went to a meeting in Fort Benton and there was about 15 people, sat there and listened to their presentation, if you will. And you know, it, it all sounds pretty benign at, at first until you start peeling back the curtain and uh, you realize that this is a federal designation. The Heritage Board is non-elected, uh, self-appointed and really no recourse to get your private land out of this heritage area and it'd be a tax tax burden on on the citizens of the united states um, all in the name of uh, promoting tourism in montana and uh, and the money the money trail if you follow it far enough comes through the national park service to me that raises several red flags because uh we don't know what the future holds 10 years, 20 years down the road, or even just a, a change in administration or a change in directorship. You know, it, it could cause, I, I, I can't help but uh, foresee that um, you're going to have trespassing issues, private property issues, water issues. Um, and the thing about this is what we learned, right? What we've learned in the last six months of trying to get organized and, uh, and stress the opposition to this is that 
this affects everybody in Cascade County and parts of Shoto County and less than 2% of the population even know this is happening. And um, anyway, this House Bill 554, I think will be a great roadblock to stop some of these federal designations without having local input. And Rayleigh, when we hear uh, about uh, designations like this, a lot of people just think it's going to occur on public land, like other monuments or uh, designations made uh, by the federal government. But this actually includes anywhere where there's uh, private property within this area. Could you explain more about how you are sharing that with our elected uh, leaders there in Helena? Sure. So, yes, you're correct. So a national heritage area and I should mention that this bill also will include national trail designations as well. The heritage areas include the majority of private property. The locations that Dana just mentioned, if you think of Cascade County, if you think of Shoto County, private property is the majority of the land in that. So it does not require it to be federal uh, land. We also, within the bill, want to make a note and when talking to lawmakers that it could impact state land as well. And, you know, from a state perspective, the state should have an interest in how that will impact uh, their, their properties as well. And so we're just working towards trying to communicate from a high, mess, a high level messaging on, it is crucial to protect private property rights for our private property owners, but also at the same time, as uh, Dana mentioned, there is this National Park Service component. And I think a lot of people are not um, educated enough on how the process works to fully understand what that means. Um, once a project kind of is designed, then it goes through a feasibility study and then is sent to the National Park Service. And they kind of do an analysis. And, and from what we have been told, and I do believe that it's true, grassroots support is a large component of moving that project forward. I think it's also important to note that for a national heritage area to be put in place, it is an act of Congress. So someone from our congressional de delegation or anybody within Congress could um, make that designation. But once you have been designated, the National Park Service can give up to a million dollars for that area. Um, most areas, annual appropriations range between $150,000 and $750,000. But that's a lot of money um, that, as taxpayers, we should be aware of. And not only that, as Dana mentioned, then there is this uh, self-appointed, private, unelected board that will kind of be the umbrella organization managing those funds. Now, there's actually, I don't know if you'd want to call it kind of an advisory committee trying to push this through. I don't know exactly what their title would be. Um, and they, they have had public meetings on this. And uh, uh, Dana, I know that th there's quite a few grassroots members that have tried to uh, participate in these development meetings with the group that is pro uh, heritage area and trail designation. Um, have they been receptive or welcoming to any of the actual landowner input in opposition to this? In the beginning, yeah. Uh, the last few meetings that I have been to, I have not been to one of the Big Sky Country National Heritage Area board meetings where they're proposing it. I spent the fall going to meetings in Belt, Cascade, Fort Benton a couple of times um, on the opposing side, the grassroots opposing. Um, so I, I can't really answer that from a personal experience. 
Um, I just know that uh, city or town of Belt and Cascade, both city councils uh, um, voted to uh, oppose the National Heritage Area. So, I, uh, you know, under the guise of tourism, it's this is this is really hard for me to swallow um, because they kind of just forced themselves and said, we're going to do this with the state of Montana, having their tourism board and the local communities. We all know what our culture and historical resources are in our communities. Most cities and towns do something to promote those for, so they can gather up a, a tourism dollar. This goes way out of bounds, involves way too much private property. It's well, 1.7 million acres. And that was going to be my next follow-up question. Uh, it's just so hard to imagine a designation on a private property. But when you look to countries uh, like, like England, where their private property and national designations, uh, they're very much different than the United States. And I know that uh, uh, really should be a concern that we have with this. As a property owner yourself, what are some of the key concerns that you've heard from other property owners in other states that have had a heritage area designation or a trail designation? What, what are some of the things that pe bad experiences people have had uh, that they did not expect to come along with this des designation? Can you share any of those? Uh, I'm trying to think a few. We had, we had a speaker come up from Colorado last fall and, and he gave several good answers to your question there. And I guess I'm kind of drawing a blank, but, but most of it comes down to private property or trespassing issues. There's been rumors of you could only paint your houses certain color. I don't know if any of that's true. It, it's, it could certainly all be possible. Oh, I'm trying to think, uh, try to, when you say you've got 20 acres that you want to sell, that puts another encumbrance on the, on the realtor side of it. Um, it's just another layer that somebody's got to go through. So I, I think all in all, it, it's probably going to, I think it would drive the drive the price of private property down because I speaking, I guess what I can speak on lane is, uh, you know, we've got land that private land that was uh, thrown into that national monument. And so we we've dealt with some trespassing issues because, you know, you're out there in the middle of nowhere and, and uh, even with GPS, people get confused whether they're on the monument boundary or private property. And I know it's, uh, you know, out there on the river and being remote as it's not, quite as big a deal as it would be um, in the smaller communities or in a town where people are just kind of wandering around. They have a map that says they're in a heritage area, and I don't think they would have any idea that they're on private property and trespassing. And of course, uh, you, you mentioned that national monument, that of course being the Missouri River uh, National Monument, a very contentious uh, uh, item still to this day, that last minute uh, order by uh, President Bill Clinton in his final days in office. But uh, obviously there, there is a, a lot of uh, folks in communities, like you mentioned, Belt, uh, their uh, community, city council opposing it, landowner citizens opposing it. And that should be really one of the key things that anyone should consider is that there is a large opposition to this and also now now an effort in the state legislature. Um, Rayleigh, could you talk more about uh, the House bill, who brought it forward, where they're from, and really what the how, how this could help uh, keep this monument, as a, excuse me, this uh, National Heritage Area designation and trail designation from occurring? Sure. So uh, the bill came forward uh, really from stock growers. So this past annual convention, um, Dana and his local organization brought forth 
uh, policy to our organization in opposition of national heritage areas. And as many of our, you know, ag organizations are member-driven grassroots organizations, that policy was adopted. And, and that really continued to keep our dialogue going on, on what we can really do in the state. So, you know, we have been talking to uh, multiple legislators leading up to session and uh, Representative Josh Kathmeyer out of Fort Benton, who um, his county was in the original proposal, uh, said, yes, let's let's move forward. Let's do something. Let's try to make this um, into law. And so we did that. And what this bill really does is will require um, a state legislature approval for any national heritage area or trail designation uh, moving forward. We understand that this is a congressional act, but from our standpoint, we feel like this is a good stepping stone to get that local endorsement. Um, when I was talking about the National Park Service earlier and one of their measures being local support, uh, we feel that in the current situation of the proposed Big Sky Country National Heritage Area, we've seen lots of opposition, as you've mentioned, yet the group continues to move forward. And so for us, there's no more ultimate local endorsement than the state in which the designation is being done. The other key component to that is that the legislature, they're elected officials, and so they represent the people and represent the voice of Montanans. And so as I talked about the committee that's pushing this initiative or the current proposed initiative forward, they're unelected. They really have no accountability to anyone besides their board. And so having that layer of elected by the people representation is is going to be important and key for us. And uh, do you have any other support uh, from the other agriculture organizations up on the Hill uh, with this bill? Yeah. So this afternoon we had great representation. Uh, many of our other ag organizations, uh, Farm Bureau, Grain Growers, uh, Wool Growers, all were there. Um, and then as Dana mentioned, this is an issue that spreads further than just agriculture and private property. So um, Realtors Association, home builders, we had representation from uh, county commissioners. Uh, so yeah, really lots of folks have an interest in this and want to proactively find a solution on how we can best, uh, you know, represent our interests regarding uh, national heritage areas. So what is the next step with the uh, bill that was uh, put forward today and that you testified on? Uh, what, what, what is the current state of it? Uh, could you please walk us through how this process will work? Sure. So uh, after the hearing, executive action will occur. We anticipate that being uh, at any time now. And then once that will happen, either Monday or Tuesday, it will go to the House floor for second and third reading. Uh, that will be our first chamber that we'll move out of if this bill moves forward. And then we will see and have hearings again, uh, probably sometime in March in the Senate. What do stock grower members or agriculture uh, members of other organizations that are tuned into this, how can they participate in this bill's journey and, and uh, let their legislators know that they may uh, come out and support and uh, of private property rights here in Montana? Sure. So uh, I would encourage you to uh, email your representatives or senators. Uh, you can also reach out to um, this bill is being heard or was heard in the House Natural Resources Committee. So you can always reach out to those individuals as well. You can find all of that at leg.mt.gov. 
Um, and that's a great way. There's even an instant message option that you can just say, this is the bill or the person that I'm interested in and send the note directly there. There's also a phone number that goes to an informational desk and you can just call, give them your message and they'll deliver it to your legislator or representative. So it's uh, fairly simple to get in touch with folks at the Capitol during this time. And then as this bill moves forward, uh, there is an option for anyone who is interested to either submit written testimony or you can register to um, testify via Zoom, which is a new component that they've added this year uh, with the COVID situation. So you have to register by noon the day before the hearing. But again, once you register, you get a Zoom link, you click it, and then you're talking to the committee. So it's very user-friendly and simple for anyone interested in getting involved. Now, Dana, uh, of course, uh, you are uh, elected to the Stock Growers Board representing the, the central region, I believe, there. Uh, how important is it for you to listen to your fellow uh, stock grower members and neighbors on issues like this and work to create grassroots policy from that county level and see it brought up in front of the state members to vote on and then also yourself testifying and other people. How important is it to, to take time uh, after you're, you're done feeding or checking uh, cows that are calving? How important is it to engage and also go to your county meetings and your state uh, stock grower meetings as well? Lane, I've been doing this for over 20 years, I guess, with different boards and and I've always said, you know, for people to join their local organizations, whether it be stock growers, grain growers, whatever, and get involved. I guess if, if you can't make the meetings, you can't do these things because everybody's schedule is a little different. At least join, send your dues in. So we have the funds to pay people like Rayleigh here and, and other people who, who are able to do the work, the work for us every day. You know, it, it, it's very important for everybody in agriculture or anybody that has any private property or just any interest in, in uh, having some control over what happens in the state of Montana to be involved. You have to be informed because when we had that national monument signed in, you know, 20 years ago and we put up a heck of a fight, we really did. And we and we did. We had this, we had the state of Montana behind us and, you know, it happened anyway. So, we're, you know, we learned right away that we're not going to win every battle, but um, it it woke a lot of us up um, that, you know, we have to be involved. Um, we have to stay on top of this stuff because it's to me and maybe this is lumping things together, but it's a, it's it's just another land grab. It's it really is this that this heritage area is just another land grab like our, our national monument that area was already protected. It was a wild and scenic designation back in the seventies, I believe, you know, so you had another layer of, of uh, federal bureaucracy in the inner, in the same area. It's, it's getting to be too much. You know, I'm glad to see the people coming out of the woodworks and coming to these local meetings that we had all fall and, and uh, really getting fired up and getting involved. So yeah, it's, it's very important to stay, stay in, stay in tune. And from an organization staff perspective, we're here to be your resource. So, you know, for our members, when they have questions, they have our cell numbers, they have our emails, we're available to, you know, be your resource and answer any questions that you have and be your voice at the Capitol when you're 
home running your operation. And uh, speaking of that, uh, Rayleigh, uh, a great uh, resource during this legislative session for folks to stay up to speed is uh, is another podcast they can tune in, The Rancher's Voice, um, released every week with yourself and Jay Bonder, the executive vice president, and other key decision makers and lawmakers uh, out in Helena. Uh, so I would encourage uh, a podcast listeners to also look up The Rancher's Voice uh, wherever they listen to podcasts as well, um, because uh, it's just great to hear uh, from uh, our associations on what's going on in Helena. And that's just one great way to, to stay up to speed on that. Dana, have you, uh, have you uh, subscribed to the, to the Rancher's Voice podcast? Yeah, I've been trying to keep up. I've seen most <laughs> of them. Been a, a little busy last week, so I didn't catch on that one. So. <laughs> well, when you're, when you're uh, thawing out uh, waters, you can uh, get your AirPod in and, and listen, and you can listen to the Langcast too, or the Cattleman's yeah. Call, that other podcast I host. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Rayleigh, I'll give you the floor. Any last uh, tips of information or anything you would just like our listeners to know here on the podcast today? Uh, just thank you for kind of allowing us to share a little bit more about what's happening in Helena and how it will impact, uh, you know, everyday folks at home and, and how we're working hard for them on behalf of them and trying to advocate for those private property rights. And I, I do want to give an additional shout out to Representative Josh Katzmeyer out of Fort Benton because he, you know, without a legislator, you don't have a bill. And so him stepping up to work with us and get this bill moving has been significant. And we really appreciate his partnership. And lastly, where can folks go to learn more on the Big Sky National Heritage Area? Does uh, Stock Rovers have a, a resource tab or can they contact the association for more information on just what these areas are and the efforts on on that Stock Growers are uh, working on? Yes. Uh, as you mentioned, our park podcast, The Rancher's Voice, is a great um, place to check out what is happening at the Capitol. And then uh, mtbeef.org is our website. We have up-to-date information there, as well as I would encourage anyone who is on social to follow us on social. We have real-time up-to-date information for our members as, as regulations or bills or other information rolls out. Well, you heard it here, folks. Again, a big thank you to Dana Darlington, uh, uh, a board member of the Montana Stock Rowers and a rancher from Central Montana and Rayleigh Honeycutt. Uh, with the Montana Stock Rovers. They literally just uh, walked off of Capitol Hill there in Helena down to back down to the Montana Stock Rovers office, and uh, they'll continue to uh, uh, advocate on behalf of Montana cattlemen and women. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank Thanks, you. Lynn. All right, friends, that will do it for this edition of the Langcast Ag Podcast. Hey, check out my new website. It's revamped. It's northlandcommunications.com. That will do it for today. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Langcast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and nordlandcommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Langcast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the Langcast.